those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. George Santayana Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and the quote I used for the epigraph is one that you've probably heard in a different form and attributed to any number of people, from Winston Churchill to Ronald Reagan, which is, those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. I chose that quote because it pretty much fits what I want to talk about today which isn't the debunking of historical myths, but rather learning from history, and learning from history for a specific person. In watching King Charles over the last month and a half since Queen Elizabeth passed, a couple thoughts have stuck in my mind about it. The first is, though he's been preparing for this moment his entire life, the enormous pressures he faces are such that there's not really anyone on earth that can fully fathom them. My second thought was that in a different yet somehow similar way, there is one person who understands where he's at, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Now I realize that might sound a little crazy at first, but let me explain why I think so. Both reached the summit of their lives very late in the game, Charles at 73, Benedict at 78. King Charles follows one of the most iconic monarchs of all time. Pope Benedict followed the most iconic Pope of the past 500 years. And though both Elizabeth II and John Paul had their detractors, those detractors respected them and even begrudgingly loved them such that they deeply mourned their passing. Few of us are held in high esteem even by our friends, fewer still by our enemies. These are the two giants of the last century that first Benedict and now King Charles had to follow. Now, clearly, the task that King Charles faces today is not the same as the one that Benedict faced in 2005, but there are similarities. Benedict was tasked with taking charge of over one billion Catholics who often can't even agree that water is wet. Charles faces no less potential trouble, both from the Commonwealth countries and within the United Kingdom itself. It's true that he holds a far more ceremonial role than the Pope when it comes to actual governing, that role is hugely important nonetheless. I mean, how many times have we heard the term soft power? And just as Benedict did, the new king faces the weight of more than a thousand years of tradition with the inevitable comparison to predecessors that comes with it. So are there any lessons that King Charles can take from the eight-year reign of Pope Benedict XVI? As I said before, I think there are. And if you think it's crazy to even put the two of them in the same sentence, Never forget that part of the title of the Monarchs of the United Kingdom is Defender of the Faith. The first, and I think most important, lesson Charles can learn from Benedict is to honor his mother's memory with his life and actions, but never try to be her. We'll never see another another like Queen Elizabeth again, just as we may never see a Pope who so impacted a century as John Paul II did. Benedict was wise enough to simply be himself once he became Pope, remaining true to his own personality and convictions as he had his whole life. Charles should do the same. 
There are some who will never like him no matter what he does, as many never liked Benedict. But he should not alter who he is in a futile attempt to please everyone. Second, he should avoid the temptation to change things simply for the sake of change, to stand out for his, from his predecessor or as a reaction to the ever-shifting winds of popular opinion. There was intense pressure on Pope Benedict to make sweeping changes after the death of John Paul II, and he did make some that were needed. He did not, however, bend in areas of doctrine, which, contrary to the belief of many, especially in the United States, is not something that's up for a vote each time the culture becomes uncomfortable with it. It's said that Charles plans major changes to the structure of the monarchy, which is his right, and needed in some areas. He should, however, do this prudently, taking into consideration both the past and the future. Finally, and this one still causes great debate among Catholics of all stripes, but it's still applicable, know your limitations, including when it's time to pass leadership on to someone else. By the grace of God, this was never an issue with Queen Elizabeth II, who remained in good health right to the very end. This isn't always the case, however and Benedict saw that he was no longer physically able to lead the church in the way that was required. In the long decline of the health of Pope St. John Paul II, we saw the example of suffering. With Benedict's decision to resign the papacy, we saw the example of total self-awareness. Hopefully this won't ever be a point that King Charles reaches, but if he does, there's no greater example of how to handle it than Benedict XVI. Now, of course, none of these are true apples-to-apples -apples comparisons. There's no true comparison today to what King Charles faces. The fact that it feels odd saying the word king here is proof enough of that. In Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, however, he has someone who can at least begin to grasp a bit of his situation. I hope he doesn't have to face the many trials, some self-inflicted and others not, that Benedict did by the end of his reign, and that his people will give him the opportunity to show who he is and who he can be, that many never afforded the former Pope. I also hope that he will learn from history, as I hope all of us will. That's the episode for today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad-free. Thanks again.